Hello everyone, I'm not Pete and Bessie and you're listening to episode 17 of the podcast. I'm your host for this week, Steve Redford, and I'm joined by Pixelpar. Hey guys, you didn't do Pete's intro, you've got to do your I can, faux Pete I can. intro. I'm not, I'm not American enough, I'm not enthusiastic enough, so it'll be back next week hopefully when Pete, when Pete comes back. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we've got a lot of news. We're going to be talking about Xbox Live potentially coming to Nintendo Switch, a ton of figures to dig through, and a bunch of games coming out. So this week you've been playing secret games you can't talk about, right? Yep, everything I've played I'm not allowed to talk about until later. So you just pretend I've played nothing. I've played nothing at all. Okay, well I know that's a lie because I saw yesterday on Twitter you were like, oh, I really love Nintendo for making it so I don't have to sit through crap TV. I was just staring at the menu screen, enjoying it. <laughs> what was on the TV? It was one of those Channel 4 programs they brought back. Love okay. Island or Island something. I know what it is. It's shipwrecked. shipwrecked. I used to watch... Do you remember T4 back in the day? I was talking about this so, yeah. to a friend the other day. I was like, I used to watch that when I was like 14 and it was on T4 when T4 was a thing. And they actually brought it back. Now it's back to haunt me forever. <laughs> so uh, my evenings are spent watching... Uh, shipwrecked lovely well i've been digging into three games this week so i finished off piku niku mm-hmm. you enjoying that one yeah I, I loved it it was such a fun ending and so many kind of cool references i posted it like a, a short video clip of like there's like references to memes and all sorts of weird cool stuff in it it's a really cool game highly recommend it i haven't checked out the co-op yet like i said i was going to last episode because i'm a total failure <laughs> but you, you were t- you're totally right. I look, I clicked into the menu, and it's kind of like snipper clips in that there's I think twelve or thirteen individual little levels that you are like puzzles that you solve together with the person that you're playing co-op with, okay. rather than it being the story. It's kind of a, a separate thing entirely, which was a bit which is a bit of a shame. I I would have liked to have seen them try and get co-op into the main game somehow, but at least there is some kind of two-player element there. Yeah, it's good, but the thing is. Like, how long will it take you to get through those levels? This is only, like, 12, 13. Yeah. It shouldn't really pitch itself as a co-op mm-hmm. game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't even realize there was co-op in it. I just went into it playing as a single-player game. And I think if you are fine with that and you're going into it as a single-player experience, it's a, a really cool, fun little game. And there is some kind of replayability aspect to it. There's there's these trophies you can find throughout, which kind of look like little amiibo, and then they show up in the menu. And there's, I think... Let's think about 20 to unlock uh interesting it's, it's like zero index which made the program ruin me happy when i saw <laughs> that it starts with zero and they're just like cool little things you find either for finding secrets in the game that you kind of roll into or solving puzzles or playing the little mini games so you can go back and if you've missed some throughout you can go back through the game and unlock them which was quite cool that's pretty cool are they like characters from the game that are little amiibo figure type things or yeah, so there's um, it's either based on a location you've been to, or it's a character you've met. So one of the lo- one of the locations you can go to, which is a secret, is the beach. It's not a secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's it's a, a sandy area that may rhyme with peach, right. and um, if you go there, then you get a trophy, which is like Piku on the beach, and he's like led down underneath an umbrella, that kind of thing. It's just a re- rewards you for finding a secret in the game, which I think is quite a cool little thing. It's nice that they went to the effort to put them in. Can you like level select after you've completed it, or is it like you have to go through the whole game again and find them if you missed them? Uh, yeah, there's no level selection, but the way the game is, it's kind of linear. 
But about halfway into the game, you unlock the train. So you can go to one of the train stations. And there's three main areas of the game. You can quickly jump to those areas on the train. So finding them, some of them are a little bit obscure and a little bit out of the way to find. So either you know they're there or you accidentally stumble across them. Like the ones I found, I've pretty much accidentally stumbled across them. The first one I found, I was like, oh, there's these cool little trophies in there. I loved that. It was Limbo, I think, I played, and that had the same thing. I was like going through 11, I went up this tree, discovered, I can't remember what the collectibles are. I was like, oh, wait, this game's got collectibles. <laughs> and that was like the worst game to try and go through repeatedly to find the collectibles as well. But yeah, no, I love that about making the game, you know, a bit more fun, just mm-hmm. stumbling upon little extras that you weren't sure were there originally. Especially considering the Switch is like lacking achievements or trophies. It's like uh, an extra little something to find. It's, it's nice to find the little the little trophies throughout. What else have you been playing? I can see it on the uh, tip of your tongue. Um, so I've been playing two games. One of them is a game called Gabucci and the other one's Wargroove. So Gabucci was the game, do you remember in the last episode, I purchased it in the middle of the recording. Oh yeah, because it was on sale. <laughs> so I, I, I purchased it and I've been playing that. It's, um, it's a really fun little game. Um, it's just a little puzzle out. You will have to turn the music off. It's really cool for like the first two levels. And then after a while, you realize it's the same track that's just repeating over and over again. And so you're just like, oh, God, this is horrendous. Just turn the music off immediately. Thankfully, there's an option for that. So you can just turn it off and just carry on with it. But um, it's this little cube that eats other cubes, which we discussed in the last episode. Oh, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like Box Boy. Yes. And and it's got two controls. You jump you can move and then you can change the color so you can use the left and the right triggers to change the color of the guy and he'll only eat the color of the box that he's colored to so the early levels are like white and red only then it adds in other colors that you can kind of switch through and then there's little puzzles that you have to solve by you know climbing up blocks like eating a staircase into the blocks or managing to fall down and then changing color just at the right moment so you can walk across the bridge that you've created for yourself and you have to satisfy him you have to make him so he's eaten <laughs> he's eaten enough boxes that he's satisfied and um there's there's also for every level like an additional bonus like if you do it in a certain number so one of them is you've the early levels are you manage to satisfy him with just one color change so you change this color from white to red or from red to white just once and you were able to get through the level, satisfy his hunger and get to the heart at the end by completing it. So it's a cool little fun game and it's really cheap. It's like a mini objective within completing the level. Then. Yeah. Some of them they tell you it, you have to do it within one move. Some of them it's uh, it's secret and you have to kind of figure out how many moves you're going to do it in. Always is always try and do it in the, as few moves as possible and you're pretty much guaranteed to get it. So Sounds good. And the last one you played was a title that nobody's heard of before? Yeah, no no one's heard of it. It's really definitely obscure. Not number, definitely not number one on the eShop. Nope. Uh, Wargroove. So uh, we mentioned last week that both Pete and I were really excited about the game and it's lived up to why I expected. I went away this this weekend and was been playing a ton of Wargroove, uh, going through the main campaign at the moment and just going off every single side mission that pops up on the map or go and do it. It's a really hard game at times and you, you'll have played a level for over an hour, one wrong move, 
There's no undo, which is one thing I really <laughs> wish there was. One roll move, and you can just see your army of people you've spawned from your barracks just get obliterated in front of you, and you're like, oh my god, there's so the hour that's gone. So it uh, is a real time sink that you have to kind of get into, but you can save it any time, and also you can just put the switch into standby anyway if you wanted to. But I think the main selling point is, for me at least, the campaign editor, the map yes, editor. Yes, yes. I was going to ask this because I saw you put, you made loads of stuff on Twitter in mm-hmm. one map and the map editor looks amazing. The map editor itself is incredible. So it's so intuitive. You just have four icons along the top that you switch through that are like um, putting down terrain or putting down uh characters or events that you can trigger and then you kind of map everything out you can put down player one or player two characters so you can either be i think it can be a versus game or it can be kind of you just play the computer kind of thing okay. and yeah it's just you can so quickly build out the map and flesh it out which is really cool um, but you can also build then campaigns on top of those maps so once you've built a map you can bring that into your campaign you can add a story and a narrative around it you can add can you like write your own story you can add dialogue and things yeah oh wow you can create cutscenes and bring those in and have like a cutscene trigger when someone's attacking each other or before the next map before the campaign and you can do all of that so people online or uploading then their campaigns they've created you can just download them so it's just like all this additional free content that you're getting on top of the main inbuilt campaign which lasts for like 50 plus hours anyway you then have all of these other campaigns that people are creating so people have been creating like remakes of advanced wars campaigns remakes of fire emblem campaigns that are just downloadable that anyone can just go on and download it that's amazing i'm gonna so, have to get wargroup now just so i can make a campaign for us it's really really cool that you can do it and the the tools are seemingly the same ones they made the game with like it look it feels like oh this is the this is the kind of tool that you could have gone in and made the whole game with this because like you can build all the cutscenes you can build all the maps you can get all the exact same things and the exact same sprites and the exact same tools that the main campaign has it's quite nice I think I did read somewhere that it is basically the tool that developers use to build the campaigns. Okay, that makes sense, because it does feel really powerful in that respect. Don't don't hold me to that. I swear I saw something on Twitter though saying something along those lines, if not exactly that. Yeah, I, I recommend both picking up Gabucci if you want a small little puzzle there, not expensive, or Wargroove if you are interested in some strategy, or if you want to play with the campaign editor or the map editor, that's, both of those are really good. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a fair bit of news this week. Obviously, the Nintendo figures came out. We're going to talk about the end of the show. Before we get to that, there was this crazy story that happened kind of either late last week, I think it was, that THQ Nordic accidentally leaked the Darksiders Warmastered edition. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they they accidentally posted the video to their media website and some press site press guy or or girls clearly on the website digging for something stumbled across like in the nintendo switch directory oh there's darksiders in here inside there was like an art file and a video so they just downloaded the video ended up on youtube of course everyone saw it that's the best bit though like their entire media because i go in their media bank every now and again it's organized by game so you've got darksiders you've got all their other games and then you've got one folder specifically dedicated to switch which they put all the switch ports in and they just created a brand new darksiders folder 
chucked in the assets <laughs> and then just left it there for people to find. It must have been on purpose. They, they can't be that oblivious. I, I don't know. Because it did. they did announce the news fairly swiftly afterwards. Whether they intended to announce it that soon afterwards, I think it was like two days after, after all this, they did officially announce the game. Yep. But it was the gift they added in afterwards that you oh. found. I I was in hysterics. I, what, what movie was that from? It's Naked Gun. They they okay. put the replace a key art file. I'm not even sure if there was a key art file, and I never saw that. But when you clicked through to the key art file, it was a gift from Naked Gun. That please disperse gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything was on fire, and it was just the guy yeah from Naked Gun just telling everyone to go away. So they were they were clearly like in on the the joke. They they knew what they'd done, whether yeah. intentional or unintentional. But besides the leak, what do you make of the announcement? Are you excited for the game? I love Darksiders games. They are like the Zelda games that I play when there's no Zelda game out. Okay. So I, I've I've played one and two, and I've played on like the remasters of them already. But I will pick it up on Switch just because. It's one of those games that you can play again. You know, like, well, I can anyway. I always play, like, Twilight Princess again and mm-hmm. all the Zelda games again. And when I'm sick of playing Zelda too much, I go and play a Darksiders game because it's slightly different. And then hopefully the next Zelda game comes out, I play that. And that's kind of my cycle. Is this the original Darksiders? It's the very, very first Darksiders that they've remastered. That they've remastered. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's coming out. It's coming out in April for twenty nine dollars ninety nine. Do you know if it's getting a physical announcement or is it? Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a physical release of it as well. Okay, so I'll, yeah, I will probably pick this one up on cartridge. They're not games I've ever played, but they're they're like Zelda. They look a little bit more gruesome, maybe. Yeah, so it's kind of if you took Zelda and you know, like a game like I think Max said, a game like God of War that kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Get those two, mash them together, and that's essentially Dark Siders. And add some dragons in? Well, it's got like monsters and mythical okay. things in it. Is it the same kind of structure though, I guess, of Zelda? You're going into dungeons, you're yep. on that linear path. There's a little bit of exploration that's not linear. But, you know, it's a, you go to this dungeon, you do this mm-hmm. dungeon, complete it, progress. It's a bit more open than the earlier Zeldas, but it's cool. essentially the same thing. I think it was even inspired, I read years ago, that the developer literally made Darksiders as a kind of Zelda-like game, and that was the intention. Mm-hmm. Um, the the story of the game seems to be something about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, so you, there's, you play as War, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and essentially there's like the realm of hell, realm of heaven, and they're kind of at war with each other. And then the realm of humans kind of pops up, and obviously they're kind of torn between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And long story short, you're one of you're, you come down to Earth as War, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You've been summoned, essentially. And you arrive there, you kind of wake up, look around, and there's demons and there's angels fighting each other. And you're there, but none of the other four horsemen are actually there. So you go in and you try and sort of intervene from a, a demon killing an angel. And by doing so, you essentially have broken like a sacred pact that you're not supposed to break and you get in trouble with they're called the child council which is like a councillor oversee like the laws of the realms that makes sense um essentially war's accused of bringing the apocalypse upon the earth because he came down to earth and intervened and then you're kind of tasked with proving your own innocence that you were you didn't just turn up there by yourself and do this on purpose you actually turned up there there was already the war between heaven and hell happening on earth when you got there and you've got an opportunity to prove yourself. But the catch is that the Child Council allow you to go back to Earth, 
but you're chained to like this shadow being which can essentially drop you to your knees whenever it wants or it can kill you if it wants to okay so you, you're not you're free but you're not really free but that, that's all i'll say without spoiling any of the uh, game that's kind of the the initial plot to darksiders i was surprised to see this kind of not get leaked before or announced before and then get a date immediately so like thinking to another thq nordic game that we know is coming saints row Mm-hmm. It was announced. We haven't really seen a trailer for it. We haven't seen any more news for it or a, a date or anything. And then Darksiders come, kind of comes out the gate immediately with a release date. That's the thing. They've never they never actually stated which version of Darksiders it is. Have they taken like the PC version and reported it to the Switch, or have they taken the Wii U version and just adapted it for the Switch? Because it essentially could just be a quick Wii U port for them. Okay, and then presumably the tools to port those over are fairly straightforward. I assume there's a system in place because Wii U games seem to be coming over like hotcakes. Cool. Well, um, another announcement this week uh, was kind of in line with the stuff we're going to talk about later, but Nintendo announced the Dr. Mario World mobile game and also the delay of Mario Kart Tour. What, what do you kind of think about another mobile game coming from them? Mobile games. I hate mobile games. I don't hate them, but I don't play them. Yeah. Fair enough. They're bringing in revenue for Nintendo, and people that don't own a Switch or console are getting shown IPs through the mobile platforms. So, fair enough. I just would have liked, I think I would have liked to have seen a new Dr. Mario on the Switch instead. When was the last Dr. Mario? Oh, geez. Years and years and years and years ago. Was it SNES? (sighs) Game Boy, maybe? Okay, yeah, maybe. Like a GBA port of the SNES game. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Release more games on mobile. Get more people interested in your IPs. All for it, but I I won't be one of those people playing them. Yeah, and this is another one of the free-to-play, or at least (laughs) free-to-start term that no one else uses. But they used that for Super Mario Run. And that kind of did fit that bill of you can play like one level and then after that you have to pay the £9.99 in order to unlock everything. Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed that format, but I can't see that it's it's a very popular one. Like when you compare it to all of the other free-to-play games like Pocket Camp, for example, you buy the leaves. It'd be interesting to see how much money like optional microtransaction game that Nintendo released like Pocket Camp, how much revenue it made compared to like Super Mario Run, which is a bigger IP but had a different method of monetization. they must they must know what works now surely yeah i mean i don't think they've gone with the super mario style since so yeah what do you think about the delay of the mario kart game because they announced that quite a while ago now they they did yeah it's a bit disappointing it's probably the one that i was most excited for to see how the, a, a mario kart game would work i was hoping it wasn't going to be some crappy tilt to your phone controls but i could see that that's what it would be It makes me wonder, because this is now a new partnership with another developer called Line, who are most famous for a chat app in Japan. It makes me wonder if the DNA partnership is kind of a bit wobbly. We saw some news recently that DNA are working with other people now on other games as well as Nintendo. DNA were the ones developing Mario Kart Tour. I don't know if they still are developing Mario Kart Tour, if it's going to be, they're going to give that to kind of someone else in a similar fashion that they gave Metro Prime 4 to someone else. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's very possible, you know. Because if they're both coming out around similar time, it would make sense to kind of keep them all under one house, maybe give them all to line. 
is a new partnership, you can kind of see how it goes. Or if you just give Dr. Mario World to Line, it's a probably a less intense game than Mario Kart Tour would be. It's just a little puzzle there at the end of the day. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they, they pan out with this Mario Kart Tour. See if it does actually come to fruition with DNA. Mm-hmm. D-E-N-A, is that right? It's D-E-N-A, but yeah, it's pronounced D-N-A. Jeez. So yeah, <laughs> guess we'll wait and see. If you like mobile games, there you go. There's two coming up. One's delayed. Now, did you manage to get Piranha Plant on time last week? <sighs> did you see my tweet? I did see your tweet. You posted, oh, everyone, quick, go get Piranha Plant. You've not, yep. not got long. Now, did you go get it immediately there, there and then? No. I. Uh, <laughs> it was rolling around to about, I think it's about five past 11 at night, <laughs> just before the um, free promotional period closed. And I was like, oh, yeah, Piranha Plant. And I literally got it within the last 50 minutes. Wow. So, yeah, I cut that pretty fine. Have you played anything with them? I haven't played with him yet. Okay. I watched you play with him, though. I I mean, I really like him. I think he is a bit slow, but probably could be my main. I figured out how to do the shoot, the long attack. You know, you said, oh, hasn't he got a long attack when we yeah. were talking about it last week? He does. You hope you do down and B without moving, and then you can tilt in the direction that you want to shoot your big stem, and he'll uh, shoot his head yeah. all the way across the other side of the, the map. It, what, it reaches a, from one side to another? As far as I can tell, yeah, it goes pretty bloody far. Jesus. You've got to be fairly accurate with it, and it is quite slow to move. So if someone can move, they've got time to move out of the way. But if you can kind of plan and think they're going to jump in that direction, you can, you can hit them. That's pretty good. But yeah, I asked because Nintendo released it as paid DLC already. I know, it was what, the day, a- day after? Yeah. The day after on... it being free, it's now... It was like we got we got through January and then February first. It's now yeah four pounds forty nine or four dollars ninety nine four euros ninety nine. Fair play to them, you know. If people are picking up the game now, they and they've missed out on the free Piranha Plant code. But at least they can get Piranha Plant now. Yeah, and I, I know it costs money, but maybe the game will come down a bit in price to compensate. I just think it's a shame that they decided not to include it as part of the Fighter Pass. It feels a bit of a short change. I, I can kind of see why they've done it, because every fighter in the fighter pack gets, like, music, gets mm-hmm. their own level or levels, and you get the fighter, whereas Piranha Plant's just a standalone character. But they could have just gone, oh yeah, it's a bonus when you yeah, buy the fighter it's pass. Because like, it, nothing's coming out on the fighter pass until later this year when Joker comes out. They could have just said, oh, if you buy fighter pass, you get Piranha Plant for free now. Or they could charge, you know, more money and get more money. Yeah. Or it's just four ninety nine if you only want Piranha Plant. Mm. I don't know. It didn't sit well with me. Like, I, I was hoping it would just be part of the fighter pack. And it really doesn't affect me because I have Piranha Plant. <laughs> but they're not going to reduce the price of Smash Brothers. They've sold, we're going to talk about it, millions without having to reduce the price Spoilers, of it. Spoilers, man. Spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It it wouldn't. It doesn't cost them anything. It literally costs them nothing. The thing is, would you be just as annoyed if they said you get this free exclusive character? You know, when you buy the game early as an early adopter, and then the, the day afterwards, they're like, oh yeah. And if you're going to buy the fighter pass, like Nipes and the people that own the game are, you get them anyway. It kind of yeah. ruins that exclusivity of it, I guess. Yeah, but they didn't say, oh, you're going to get this exclusive person. By the way, the day after it's going to be on sale, so it's not really that exclusive. Anyone can get them anyway. Well, the free promotion's exclusive. It's a reward yeah, for early adopters. I know. I, either way, I'm buying the Fight Pass because I want Joker and I own Piranha Plant, so it makes no odds to me whatsoever. But I, I can see it from both perspectives. I can see that if I'd, if I'd bought the game early, 
thinking, oh, yeah, I am definitely going to rush out because I want Piranha Plant. And then they added it to the Fighter Pass anyway that I was already going to buy because I'm a big Smash fan. But I'd be a bit miffed, I guess. Yeah. I guess the gold points you get back if you buy the digital version would probably cover most of that anyway, wouldn't it? How much do you get? I can't remember. Uh, I think, no, I don't think so. You only get like, you don't get many gold points. Is that, you? I think you only get like 100. Oh, okay. I'm used to buying physical, so like, I get literally nothing back. Yeah, you get, I think it was like 20 coins I got when I redeemed mine. <laughs> it's like oh 20p enjoy yeah so yeah if you don't have piranha front and you want to buy piranha plant you can now for around five quid five dollars five euros ish but another weird story this week microsoft's new xbox development kit is seems like it's going to support xbox live on nintendo switch ios and android so you found this gdc talk and you wrote up, a, wrote up an article about it it's a strange one, isn't it? Because they don't actually say how it's going to be used and what mm-hmm. specific part will be used for Switch. But I saw loads of articles running off going, oh, Game Pass is coming. Oh, all this stuff's coming to Switch. But technically, it could just be, oh, yeah, this is how we did crossplay. You can use it yourself. Well, if you look at Mario, uh, Mario Kart, if you look at Minecraft, mm-hmm. it already uses Xbox Live. So to use the new version of Minecraft, the Bedrock Edition, you have to sign in with Xbox Live and it brings over the achievements and the friends lists and that's how they do crossplay. So my guess is they're just opening that up to other developers. Yeah, sounds like it. And they're allowing you to use, say, your Xbox username on the Switch if you want for other games, I guess. Like if, say, you signed into Fortnite on your Xbox, you could sign into Fortnite on your Switch using the Xbox account rather than having to use your Epic Games account. Just don't log in on your PS4, right? Just don't log in on your PS4. <laughs> Did they ever fix that? <laughs> they ha- they have fixed that now. Uh, yeah. Okay. You can unlink the accounts now that they support crossplay. You can you can no. do it. You're not taken hostage. But in in the dream world, what would you want to come over? You're not an Xbox owner, right? I haven't owned an Xbox since the very first Xbox. Okay. So they've come a bit of a long, long way since that original Xbox Live. <laughs> I've seen the controllers have got slightly better anyway. The controllers have got way better than that original monstrosity. So I'm not sure what I'd want to see come over because I'm not sure what's available. I know they have Xbox Live and you've got, you know, stuff that Nintendo Switch currently doesn't have, like Mm -hmm. a a messaging system, all those things that are integrated into every competitor's console. If they bring those over to the Switch for all their games, perfect. You know, I don't really play many of their games, but people that do can use them. Well, that's presumably not what it's for, though, right? It's not for Microsoft's games. It's for other developers to put into their games. That's what they talk at GDC, the Games Developer Conference, is trying to sell other developers. Like, hey, look. Use Xbox. You don't have to worry about your infrastructure. You can just run it on hours, which, by the way, is not a real great time for it, considering I turned my Xbox on last week and it didn't work because Xbox Live was down. That's another matter. <laughs> oh my god, sorry. I, I just clicked free to the listing just to check to read the terminology again, and they've re- they've taken it away. It's gone. Really? It's now just get a first look at the SDK to enable game developers to connect players across platforms. That's it. Everything else is gone. Okay, so previously it spoke about how Xbox was Xbox Live was coming to 400 million devices. No, it's going from 400 oh, million to, to 2 billion. billion. Okay, and um, how are you going to bring it? be able to bring achievements, friend lists, clubs and more to almost every screen? I presume that means Switch as well. Mm-hmm. With a multi-platform strategy where players can watch, buy, play, pause and continue their games from one device to the next. 
So that bit was in, it was people that would be interested in this session at GDC. And they were like people that are planning multi-platform strategy where players can watch by pause, continue their games. So that's not necessarily what they're offering. It's what may interest that type of person. But Mm -hmm. it probably is what they're offering. I mean, I'm interested to see, like you, I mean, in the dream world, I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass. I'd love that to come to Switch so I could like, <laughs> so I could play all sorts of games that I pay six ninety nine for portably, as well as on my screen, on my TV screen. It's interesting because I said this on Twitter, but it's back in early 2018. I was told that Microsoft might have some foothold within Nintendo Switch Online. I wasn't told to what capacity, but apparently something was going on between the two services anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like Game Pass come over to the Nintendo Switch or some kind of system where you can access games between platforms, not including PS4. Because they seem to be like, Microsoft and Nintendo seem to be coming together a lot on a lot of things to try and tackle Sony's kind of dominance of the market. Well, Microsoft is a lot more open than Sony anyway. You've got EA Access, I don't know if you know what that is, on the Xbox that's not available on the PS4. So for listeners who don't, EA Access is another subscription service, but it's it's similar to Game Pass or similar to Netflix, and it's kind of an all-you-can-eat solution. Um, But EA Access is just run by EA. It's just EA games. You can download the back catalogue, and you get discounts and early access to other games. It's similar to Origin Access on the PC, uh, but it's just for Xbox owners. EA Access is on PC as well, isn't it? I've seen that before. Yeah, so on on PC, I think it's called Origin Access. Um, But it's pretty much the exact same thing. But it's it's interesting that Microsoft is is just so open. I think I think you're right in that it is they realize they can't compete with Sony's like almost 19 million PS4s or whatever it is, something ridiculous. But if they combined maybe with Nintendo or opening up Xbox Live to be on mobile platforms or everywhere, they can they can do it. And it's got to be a fair amount of money they're bringing in. If they've got if they're saying Xbox Live is on 400 million devices, presumably a good chunk of those are paying subscribers paying the 10 pounds a month or whatever it is for Xbox Live Gold. That's a good chunk of money they're bringing in. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, with if if Nintendo are getting involved with this in some way, what's the financial benefit for them, you know? What what chunk of that money is going to go to them and how are they going to get it? Cuz I I presume like if they just brought Game Pass over to Nintendo Switch, Microsoft would be making money from Game Pass over on their end on, you know, Xbox, where people are actually buying it. And then Nintendo would just be losing out sales by providing games Mm -hmm. for no fee. You don't have to pay to put your app on the store. But it must be a similar way to how EA Access works. Like, Microsoft must get something out of that, because why else would you allow EA to have their own subscription service on their platform? So I I would presume maybe they have to... They have to give a Nintendo a cut if something like that would happen. I, I personally don't see this being Game Pass. I see this being other developers can add Xbox Live. They can use the friends list. They can use maybe the chat functionality, the messaging, that kind of thing in their apps. But in the dream world, like I said, I would love Game Pass to come to come come to everywhere. <laughs> I bet you would. Yeah. I could see Game Pass coming to iOS and Android. I, I just I don't know that Game Pass would come to Nintendo Switch just yet. It's interesting that, you know, all this functionality is being opened up by other developers and, you know, other publishers on the Nintendo Switch, but Nintendo's not providing it themselves. 
Yeah, and we, the episode where it was just me and Pete, um, you had to shoot off early, we spoke about Nintendo using Discord in order to matchmake on their new Splatoon 2 community service. So that's all powered by Discord. You have to sign up to their, their Discord channel and you log in and you matchmake on there. And so again, that felt weird that they didn't have their own service to do something like that. Like it wasn't their own message board system or it wasn't their own, using their own Nintendo, my Switch Online or whatever service. It was Discord. And so we were kind of like at the point where why can't Nintendo just allow us to connect our Discord accounts and use our Discord friends and have the Discord voice chat rather than having to use the crappy Nintendo Switch Online app that no one uses and everyone just uses Discord anyway? It's an odd one, isn't it? I'm, I'm hoping over the next year or so, Nintendo know they've got a platform that's got legs now and they know that sales are strong for not only the hardware but the software. Maybe they'll start adding some more functionality to the Switch. Maybe Microsoft involvement somehow indicates that they're integrating into systems that might be being added to Switch. You know, maybe the Switch is getting native stuff and Microsoft can, in future, just plug their Xbox Live functionality into that to kind of integrate with each other rather than just slap theirs on top of the game. Yeah, so it's more in into the system rather than just being a secondary thing yeah. that you also have to use we'll have to wait and see hopefully something comes from it uh, so also this week cube 2 was announced for for nintendo switch and it's getting a limited physical run from super rare games you say q2 sounded like you said q2 cube <laughs> cube cubes q u b e 2 you gotta say the dots q dot u dot b dot e dot <laughs> 2 yes so, yeah. the environmental puzzle there q dot u dot b dot e dot 2 that's how, that's how it's typed, man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one, to be honest. Um, I, I love first-person puzzlers. And this one's physics-based puzzles, so it's, it's kind of along the lines of, you know, Portal and kind of like the Talos principle, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to playing this one, and it's out on February 21st. Is that right? Yep, February 21st, and I believe this is going to be a 15% discount at launch on the eShop. And then I don't know if the physical release is out that same day. Do you? So the physical... This, the limited run physical thing from Super Rare Games, that's coming out earlier, or pre-orders are opening earlier on the 13th. Okay, so if you if you want the physical copy, you can head over to superraregames.com and get that in on February 13th. Yep, I, I presume it will ship out in time for the digital release, seeing as their shipments tend to go out pretty fast. Um, but if you want to get it cheaper, it's 15% off at launch on the eShop. And I think it's £22.99. Around that, minus a 15%. So I'll let you do the maths. It's going to be a tough sell for me. I got this one for free through Xbox Live's Games with Gold in December. So I own it on the Xbox One. Hey, maybe you'll be able to play it on Switch soon. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll be be miffed if I pay for it. And then next thing you know, it comes out on uh, uh, Outcomes Games with Gold or Game Pass from Nintendo on Xbox. (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, I yeah, I really can imagine it to be honest. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it's twenty two pounds ninety nine, uh, or twenty five euros ninety nine, or twenty nine dollars ninety nine. You can get the physical copy for twenty nine pounds ninety nine from uh, Super Rare Games. See, Super Rare Games always sell up, but then when you go and check, it's like twenty nine pounds ninety eight. I don't know why. That's it's weird. One, Maybe one it's a penny shipping. <laughs> 
Uh, I see those scams all the time on Instagram. Like it's f- free stuff, and then you go to the shipping, and it's like the shipping's twenty nine pounds ninety nine, and you're like, "This isn't free at all. What are you playing?" <laughs> Why do you look at stuff on Instagram? That's the first I, question. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Why I'm on Instagram? It's just awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's the kind of game I like. I loved playing Portal, Portal Two, The Witness, um, Talos Principle. I still need to pick up the Spectrum Re- Retreat, which uh, recently mm-hmm. came out on the Switch. That's another game of a similar ilk. I've never played the original Cube, which I think came out on the Xbox 360. So I might, I'll be interested to see if they maybe bring that one to the Switch as well. Presumably, if Cube 2 does well and it's fairly easy to port, they would do. It seems so. I think it's an Unreal Engine they use. Yeah, it's, a, it's an Unreal Engine 4 game, Cube 2, I believe. Okay, so it really depends on what version of Unreal they used for the original Cube, because I think yeah. 4 is the one you can port to Switch. But I think three's a bit of a nightmare in that regard. Yeah, I would presume due to the age, it's probably an Unreal Engine three game. Yeah. So might, might maybe be maybe that's off the table. Yeah. <laughs> so you you've got it on Xbox Super Game Pass, whatever it's called. It was just a, you... so you know, like PlayStation Plus does like a free game every month. Mm-hmm. Free it was the, in it was the Yeah, it was the free game of the month for Xbox uh, subscribers in December. And you've not played it yet. No. No, I do, I do the same thing every Xbox and PlayStation Plus subscriber does. You go, oh, yeah, I'll download that, add it to my library, and then never play it. Yeah, it's like Steam all over again. Steam sales, man. Yep, Steam sales. Epic Games are doing the free game thing as well now with their new Epic Games store. Yeah. It gets people in. You know, you want, it, you want the free game. Oh, that free stuff. But... <laughs> I want the free games, but I'll never play them. Yeah, you won't. You n- no one ever plays it. Because you're always in the middle of something else. Like, December, I was playing Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Xbox. Had Smash Bros. on the Nintendo Switch that I was playing. Along with Moonlighter. There's just so much to do that I was not going to be touching Cube 2. But I might go back and play it. To be honest, it is the kind of game I would want portable. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all right sitting down and playing a game when you've got the time and like games like Cube 2 look like the games you want to focus on for, you know, a specific mm-hmm. amount of time until you've solved that area or that puzzle. And that just, it works better on handheld for me. Yeah, the only reason I got anywhere in The Witness was because I had PS4 remote play on my PS Vita and I could go and play it somewhere else that wasn't in front of the TV screen. Because it's just, I don't want to be playing those weird little crisscross puzzles on the set in front of the TV screen for like six hours <laughs> while I try and get the shadow in just the right position so it overlays on this. You played The Witness? I've played The Witness. It is tedious. It is so tedious at times. So, yeah. Anyway, Cube 2 at February 1st, if you're excited about it, then... February 21st. What did I say? February 1st. At February, February 21st. So, it was the two weeks. Not long. No. And... A lot of short releases lately. I wonder if we we're going to get, like, a Nintendo Direct soon. It feels like we should have had one. You know, Darksiders feels like it should have been gonna a part say of that. a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Darksiders would be, like, a feature of a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, or at least a Nintendo Direct Mini, like the um, the one where they announced Dark Souls. And that was the main yeah. thing. And it was like, Dark Souls coming out? No, it's not really. It's I not love coming that. Out it's just like, whack, year. game, whack, game, whack, game. That's the best way to present them. I, I really like it. But to be honest, everyone complains that we haven't had a Nintendo Direct. Where's the Nintendo Direct? Nintendo's the only company that does these. <laughs> everyone forgets that, that yeah, Microsoft has their inside Xbox thing, and PlayStation probably has their, like, PlayStation show, but nothing remotely like Nintendo Direct. I, I love it, the fact that everyone, when they, like, 
started doing Nintendo Direct. So like, oh, they're just going to do it in a Nintendo Direct instead of E3. Now everyone's like, where's the next Nintendo Direct? Where's the next mm-hmm. Nintendo Direct? So funny. It's like we used to just get that at E3, maybe in a, a couple of <laughs> announcements around December-ish or September ready for Christmas. Now we get it like every other month or so. Yeah. People are just so addicted to it. It's such a, a good way to market games. Like you, people get excited about it. You drop this whole new story. There's usually one or two highlights in there that are the big games, but packed in with some other smaller titles or some other smaller announcements. It, they're, they're really good. I, I, I like them. I get, I get excited for them. And I know it's a lot of bloody work for me when I'm going to have to be staying up to 11 and writing articles as quick as possible <laughs> to get them on the website. I still get excited about watching them. Oh, that's the best one when it's a mini direct and you literally start writing an article and it's like by the time you've even written the first paragraph there's like 10 games already being yeah. announced You're like, it's like oh, don't God. even bother starting it no just move it <laughs> keep going <laughs> so yeah i think that's about it for the news this week unless something gets announced after we've recorded this yeah that's that's pretty much it so if you've got any thoughts drop us an email at potscast at lootpots.com and we'll read your email out on the show if it's any good and you can follow us at at lootpots on twitter and oh god, you can, you're terrible at this. Pete, come back. You can find our website at <laughs> loopots.com. That's, that's everything, right? I haven't forgotten everything. I think that's everything. And don't worry, Pete's back next week. You won't have to part with me being a terrible host again. So there's a ton of games out this week, mainly on February 7th, weirdly. Anyway, on Thursday, February 7th, the first game coming out is Evoland Legendary Edition. Have you seen Evoland? I've played Evoland before. I was going to say, it looks like the kind of game that would be one that you would like. What yeah, I played it? it. It's been out a while. I'm not sure. What, what's Legendary Edition? What makes it Legendary? I think it's Everland and Everland 2 packed together and then remastered. Oh, okay. I haven't played Everland 2, but I played Everland 1. And the basic premise of the game is you kind of start off as like a basic game, if that makes sense. Starts off looking like a Game Boy, right? Yeah. And then as you progress through the game, the graphics improve, the sound improves, the start of game changes. So it's like you're taking a kind of adventure through a history of games, essentially, or a history of game development as it progresses. So it's not one type of game in any sense. It's kind of all games. <laughs> yeah, it looked really cool when I saw the trailer. It starts off as like a, a Game Boy and then goes all the way up to like you know, 3D graphics, whether yeah. there's like a, an RPG star, a modern RPG style game. It, is it one worth checking out, do you think? It's fun. It's even just for a kind of trip through video game history. It is an interesting one to play. It's, it's okay. not a bad game. It's not a fantastic game, but it's definitely an interesting game. It's worth checking out. I'd say check it out. How much is it first? £17.99. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay, might be one. Might be one I pick up when it's on sale. Then that's the thing. I think, and unless you really want to play it portable, I think it's probably a lot cheaper on other platforms. It's actually coming out on PS4 the same day, Everland Legendary Edition. Same price. Same price. Oh, okay. So it's uh, it's your choice as to where you want to play it. I would always opt to play on the Switch <laughs> over uh, over my playstation or xbox but yeah what probably one i'll check out when it comes on sale it was an interesting premise uh also coming out on february 7th is pocket academy from cairo soft so these are the games behind game the devs behind game dev story which we spoke about another game that they did which is very similar to this yeah we mentioned about um when it came out on pc they did a pirate version of it themselves okay yes and they made it so that in the game you got stuck at a point because everyone was pirating your software yeah yeah <laughs> So this is a latest game, is it Pocket Academy? 
Yeah, so you make a dream school, you build classrooms, make clubs, you can even like choose who the hot couple that everyone's talking about in school is that week. Same <laughs> pixely style art, and uh, I always like this kind of game. I really loved Game Dev Story. Uh, I'm still waiting on Game Dev Story, I think, to come to the Switch. I know they've brought this game and another game, but Game Dev Story hasn't hasn't arrived yet, I don't think. What do you think of this kind of thing? You're not not really your cup of tea, right? Uh, it's not my type of game. It looks interesting, but it's probably a time sink, is it? Yeah, it's, massive yeah. time sink. It's like, gonna be a time sink. Game dev story just sucks your life, the life out of you. I can imagine that this Pocket Academy game would do the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, if you're uh, if you're into time sinks and you liked Game Dev Story, this is only eight ninety nine. So yeah. a lot of bang for your buck there, I guess. Also out on February 7th, Sky Gambler's Afterburner. So this is a 7v7 dogfighting, like up in the air, flying things, probably with upside down controls that I get confused by, like we discussed last week. Oh, inverted controls are right. <laughs> they're the right, the right way no. to go. No, they're not. They I, thought we just, I thought we established you weren't an inverted control guy. Or is it only for planes? Only for planes. Okay. Do you, do you like this kind of game? No. So, so you're not going to be, you're not going to be picking this up. Nope, next. Okay. The Stillness <laughs> of the Wind. Now, this is a follow-up to a game called Where the Goats Are, which I've not heard of, but apparently it was, according to the developers, critically acclaimed. So, you know, they've okay. not they've not once, no developer has once uh, said that their game is good when it wasn't. The Stillness <laughs> of the Wind is a quiet remuneration on life and loss, apparently. Everyone except the main protagonist, Talma's left the village that they live in, have gone to the city, but she's remained behind, and you have to kind of make your own schedule, go out, milk the cows, tend to your goats, make some cheese, do all of that kind of stuff. Collect your eggs. Yeah, but it looks it looks really pretty. It's like it seems like a very, very pretty kind of different take on maybe Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, that kind of thing. Uh, but with a little bit more story. So throughout the game, your fam- friends and family who have moved away to the town are sending you letters that are getting increasingly more disturbing and you're not entirely sure what's going on. And the story unfolds as you kind of go through life and you're doing your mundane tasks and tending to your animals, that kind of thing. But I just really love the visual look of the game. It probably will be one I pick up, wh- whether that's at launch because I'm still playing Wargroove or whether that's further down the line when there's a bit of a a dry patch i'll probably wait and pick this one up what do you think of it i really like the art style i love the art style the art style is really nice i'll probably give it a go you know it's it's pretty cheap you get 15 15 off pre-order up until up until valentine's day yeah i'll probably check it out i'm not big on my you know animal crossing type games i'll, I'll dip into them every now and again that's the problem there's a lot of them like one of the stories we we didn't talk about on the show was another style of this game coming out um farm together yeah, that was a that was a co op take on it, wasn't it? Yeah, co op take on. So it's like I don't know how many farming games can survive in tandem. Like you got Stardew Valley, you got Farming Simulator, Farm Together, and Stillness of the Wind. To be fair, Stillness of the Wind looks completely different from the others. It does. It's like it seems like a very different take on a similar game. But there are it is still those mundane tasks that you do repetitively that is the kind of driving force of the game like going to milk your cows and make the cheese and you know that that kind of repeat the task all that stuff you do in real life yeah i do all the time like i said i live in the countryside (laughs) (laughs) Uh, again on february 7th away journey to the unexpected is out have you seen this game i am opening up now so this game is 
it calls itself a feel-good FPS. It's apparently a colourful adventure combining action, negotiation, and roguelike elements. Why have they called it an FPS when you hit people with a stick? I don't know. Maybe it's like an FPS like Half-Life with the crowbar. <laughs> it's not really an FPS, though, is it? Some first-person stick? First-person smasher. You know, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a shooter, but it's a smasher. I don't know, visually it looks cool. It seems to be um, a, quite a well-anticipated game. I don't know if it's come to another platform or if Away is a, is a franchise and this is kind of a different... There's a sequel to the original. I've not heard of it before. It looks good, though. Might check it out. Now, the last one is one I'm excited about, but I, I can't tell from the <laughs> screenshots if um, if it's actually legit Nintendo Switch screenshots, because from the screenshots on the on the website look very, very good. I remember this game, Observer. I've seen this game a million times, so it's a cyberpunk detective thriller set in 2084. It's featured on a Nintendo Direct, I believe, or the Nintendo Direct Mini. Oh, was it? Yeah, I remember seeing it in a Direct. I think I do anyway. It could have been E3. I could be going insane. If those are Switch screenshots, kudos to the devs. Yeah, it looks really, really pretty. And I love this style of game. Like, one of my most anticipated games of either this year or next year is Cyberpunk. So, Mm -hmm. to have something like that on the Switch, potentially. And I do love a good mystery detective game. Like, I loved when I was playing Kona. I loved walking through that. And this seems like a similar game, but in a a different environment. So, this probably will be one I pick up. But it seems quite pricey at $26.99. It's not going to be a digital download. If they do a physical copy, I will probably pick it up for that price. But we'll have to wait and see. Is this your kind of game? I've never heard you talk about a detective point-and-clicky standard cut-style adventure. I do enjoy them. Um, I don't play them as much as I should, really. But this one, I don't know, just the graphics alone. This looks really impressive. The lighting in it is spectacular. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they've achieved it, whether they're baked in or it's like, you know, old-school-style Resident Evil, like pre-rendered backdrops or if it is real time or if these are screenshots from a different platform because it does look incredible it wouldn't surprise me if they are but i'll check this one out if it comes to switch and it looks like what those screenshots on the nintendo website look like yeah i'll be picking up there's no gameplay trailer though no there isn't on the eShop. no it might be like arc because that looks really good when you see it on the eShop. that'd be terrible <laughs> anyway moving on february 8th Friday, uh, Blaze Blue, Blaz Blue, Cent- Blaz Blue. I think it's Blaze Blue Central Fiction Special Edition is coming out. So apparently, this is Blaze Blue's final and most hard-hitting chapter to date, with more stages, more moves, more characters than ever before. So this is one for like uh, anime fans, I think. It's a, it's a, it's a fighting game. I'll, I'll be able to see it if you link to the right one in our. Doc. I did link to the right one. <laughs> if I click it, it takes me straight to Observer. Oh no, it doesn't. I oh, managed to click it, and it took me straight there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game looks very kind of... Is it Tekken, but with anime characters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of... I, I'd imagine... Let me see. Blaze Blue must be a franchise. It must be like Dragon Ball. Yeah, apparently it's a huge fighting uh, uh, fighting series and an anime adaption aired in 2013. Fair enough. So yeah, Blue, Blaze Blue, Blaz Blue, Central Fiction, Special Edition, supports one to eight players. It's 34 quid, and it's coming out on February 8th. <laughs> If you like that kind we, of we've thing. Got, we've got all the, the highest takes today. Oh, we're brilliant, aren't we? <laughs> Works so much better without Pete. <laughs> what, else is, what else is coming out then? Onakin, Unstoppable Edition, which I originally read as Onken, like the yogurt. I was going to say, isn't that a yogurt? 
<laughs> I saw this and I instantly thought of Max. It seems like a uh, Ninja Gaiden style game, similar to the Messenger. Oh, this is right on Max's stream. So it's like an 8-bit inspired pixely art game. It's been out on other platforms. It's coming, I think, on Steam. It's now coming to Nintendo Switch on February 8th. There's six missions and bonus stages, over 18 bosses, and there's a boss rush mode and a single life hardcore, hardcore mode if you complete the game. And the, the download side is tiny, so if you've got no space left on your Switch, oh my this, one's, God, this one's 62 megabytes, so you can squeeze that onto your Switch even if you don't have an SD card. I really liked the cutscenes and the scan lines and old style barrel like TV yeah, style they've that they've, CTR, they've put like, over the top of it. In. Yeah, so I, I, I'm always partial to a little bit of filtering there, that, so it might, it's not really my kind of game, as we've discussed before, I'm not a massive... Uh, fan of the 8-bit era graphics but if they kind of do it for you then Onikun Unstoppable Edition is out on Friday. Moving on to next Tuesday, February 12th The King's Bird uh, this is one we did an article on this week, uh, is coming out on Nintendo Switch. It looks really good. I'm I'm going to play this this is one that's on my kind of remember to buy it, remember to play it, make time for it list How, ma- how many other games are on that remember to buy, make time, remember to play it list? I think it's about 20 at the moment, but I'll get for him eventually. <laughs> so this is this. So the King's Bird pits itself as like a precision platformer where you have to use momentum to kind of glide and dash through the world. And so you kind of jump off things that gives you kind of momentum and then use the, the momentum that you get in order to reach higher places and you can kind of fly through. It's, uh, it seems like a very pretty game. Uh, the art style definitely is the kind of game that I'm into. I just don't know that I'm ready for another another platformer at this time. Uh, you've just played Celeste and stuff like that. I have just played Celeste and New Super Mario Bros. U. It's, this is slightly different. It's more, rather than platforming, you're kind of avoiding the platforms. Does that make sense? Oh, okay, yeah. So, because you're going, kind of gliding through them. Y- you're yeah. gliding through, so you're avoiding the hazards. And... The glide mechanic reminds me of a game called Gravity Rush. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. So, there's that was a... No, I've not played it that. It was a game that originally came out on Vita and then came to PS4. And you kind of... You can bend gravity. So, you, so you're on the floor. Then you flip it. You kind of rush up through. And you can fight monsters and enemies by gliding through the air. Oh, okay. It's quite similar, though. Yeah, I really liked it, but it looks very different, but a similar kind of gameplay, I guess. Also on February 12th, The Liar uh, Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. Yeah. This game apparently is plucked straight from the pages of an ancient fairy tale. The Liar Princess and the Blind Prince tells the story of two lonely hearts who brought together through mutual understanding, transform between the wolf and the princess to solve puzzles and evade traps, collect flowers and petals to unlock fragments of memories. But I put this in... Because, again, the art style is incredible. It looks hand-drawn and beautiful. It reminds me of Don't Starve if it was drawn on paper and then cut out. Okay, yeah. I can see that. It's that kind of artistic style, but in a kind of paper format, I guess. I don't have to explain it. It looks nicer. Yeah, it's the the description, it doesn't really tell much about the game. I don't know what the gameplay kind of mechanics is. It seems like it might be one of those side-scrolling kind of story-driven games like A Night in the Woods, like Limbo, like Inside, but different art style, different kind of story. It might be one I check out, uh, but I probably won't, probably won't get it at launch. I probably won't either, but it does look good. It's just a shame 
not much information on how the game actually plays. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the reviews are. It's uh, it's a game by NIS. I don't know if this is a Japanese translation. Yeah, NIS literally just do Japanese developed localization. Okay, so it's probably come out in Japan then, and then we're now finally getting it in the West. Yeah, that's £19.99. Quite pricey, but could be an amazing game. So closing out today's show, the big news of the week. We haven't touched upon it yet. Nintendo reported crazy figures for software and hardware during their investor call on Friday. Sell all the things. Sell them all. They've done so well. They have sold sold all the things. Well, they've done well on most aspects. They missed the mark on a certain thing that we'll, well, talk, we mentioned, we'll talk about. Well, we mentioned this last time. Their targets, we didn't think they'd hit them. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, they didn't. Let's dig in, before we get to hardware, let's dig into software. So Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has now sold over 12 million copies, and it did that in just 25 days since its launch. That is ridiculous. It's literally what, it became like the third best-selling Switch game in less than a month. It's it's insane. Absolutely insane. So it's just behind Breath of the Wild. No, it's just behind Mario Kart and Super Mario Odyssey. Is it over, it's overtaken Breath of the Wild, hasn't it? It's overtaken Breath of the Wild. It's just behind wow. Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario Kart. And hey, now we know that there's at least 12 million Piranha Plant codes that got distributed. Yes, that is true. Well, maybe not if they didn't redeem the coins on time. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'd love to see the numbers of who didn't redeem the Piranha Plant. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you know, I saw a piece, I can't remember who wrote it, that those codes were showing up on eBay on that same night once it had, had uh, closed for like... that kind of thing. So presumably, maybe that's one of the reasons why Nintendo charged it so soon afterwards was they didn't want scalping to happen like that. Can you imagine how annoyed you'd be if you're like, oh, I missed out on it. I better buy the code for $30 on eBay. Mm -hmm. And then like five hours later, oh yeah, you buy from the eShop now for like $4. (laughs) You'd be so pissed. Yeah, I I would be. So don't don't buy from scalpers. (laughs) So back to Super Smash Brothers. Um, it's not only overtaken Breath of the Wild; it's also beat Pokemon Let's Go's combined sales, and that launched before it as well. So it did. So since November, Pokemon Let's Go has sold 10 million copies between the two games combined. All of these figures do include the bundles and the digital downloads. So if the Super Smash Brothers bundle and the Pokemon bundle, all of those are included in the sales figures that Nintendo reported. And it's just 1.21 million short of beating Super Smash Brothers Brawl's lifetime sales in just 21, 25 days. So I think it's safe to say it's going to beat that fairly promptly. I think probably right now in time, if we had the exact sales figures... It's probably already beating it, yeah. It would be the number one Smash title. Yeah. Uh, they also reported on their million sellers. So 13 Switch titles in total sold over a million copies in 2018. The biggest seller still is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, it sold 15 million copies, which makes it around about half of pe- half of Switch owners own a copy of Mario Kart. That's a crazy attachment, right? Then again, Super Smash Bros. is going to... I bet he'll smash through that as well. I, I, I mean, I think considering... Mario Kart's getting up to two years old now, and Smash Brothers is 25 days, and it's just three million behind it. I think mm. it's. I think might you're probably going to get there. Might might just do it. Yeah, I was surprised to see some of the figures though here. So breaking down, Super Mario Party sold 5.3 million copies in 2018. I was not expecting it to sell anywhere near that number. Uh, it's got Mario in the title. As soon as you put Mario in the title, it 
It's guaranteed to be a million. Well, so. you say that, but like Mario Tennis Aces sold less than Mario Party. Yeah, but it still sold like two and a half million. It did sell two and a half million, yeah. And um, uh, other kind of surprise titles for me, Octopath Traveler, which is distributed only outside of Japan as a Nintendo game, sold over a million copies. Is that just a million from Nintendo's distribution? Or yes. is that a million? In- it is, wow. So not including sales in Japan, where it's sold as a Square Enix game. It is a million, like, excluding Japan. Uh, and then Nintendo Labo sold just the... The Toy-Con 1 variety kit sold over a million copies. So presumably because the other kits aren't on here, they didn't hit over a million? I think it's safe I, to presume I presume that. not. Uh, but the one that surprised me the most was that Mario Kart 7 for 3DS sold 1.07 million copies. That's the people that wanted a Switch for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but yeah. their parents weren't going to get them one, so they so rolled they got over the, onto they got, 3DS. <laughs> they got the 2DS bundle with uh, pre-installed with Mario Kart. Yeah, then again, they did some good promotions on those bundles, so I wonder if that they shifted did, yeah. a lot of copies too and bumped up the numbers. It's very possible. I'm, yeah, it's I'm the surprised. only 3DS game, though. Luigi's Mansion and WarioWare Gold that also came out as new games last year didn't hit a million sales. The Wii, say the Wii U, it's going away to Wii U now, but the 3DS, it's, it's life's end. It's, the Switch has dominated the market. Nintendo would be silly to keep investing marketing money and marketing time Mm-hmm. into a platform that's now so old. Yeah, it's got a fantastic library, but mm, the Switch is going to get a focus here on forth, especially if it's not shifting millions of copies of games on the Switch. It's, you know, what's that, 13 new editions? Like 10? Yeah, 13 new editions in 2008 sold over a million. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I, it kind of annoys me that there is even still a focus at all on the 2DS and the 3DS. I mean, here in the, the UK, the 3DS doesn't exist anymore. It is just the 2DS XL and the 2DS that's on sale. But you've got to wonder if they diverted all of that focus and energy over towards the Switch, whether it would be better placed. Well, you say that, but if you look at the games that have actually released, you've got the Luigi's Mansion game, which was done by Greza, mm-hmm. so that's the most skin off Nintendo's nose. They haven't really invested a lot of time, like the Kirby game, that's a Wii U port. Yep. They haven't really invested much time into developing 3DS games now, and that's a clear indicator that they're not supporting the system going forwards, or they'll just do a courtesy support where they'll release one game or two games every quarter, just to kind of make a point of not dropping the system dead, which is nice for you know people that have bought a 3DS. It's nice to see Nintendo keep releasing games yeah, but I just don't know why it's still on sale. You know, like, yeah, the people that bought the 2DS and the 3DS, yeah, that's great that they've still got a couple of last dribs and drabs coming out, what was already in development. But take it off sale. Like, stop making new ones. You're still making brand new ones in brand new colours. Like the purple 2DS XL that was bundled with Mario Kart. But they do that every time they need to shift last stock. So you've got to remember, they've ordered all these screens in advance in you know, millions of units. And they're just whacking them in different shelves trying to get through, yeah. get through the supply. You'll see a ton of special editions come out within the next year, I guarantee it. And they'll just be all ways of shifting the last remaining stock so they can kind of clear the factory and end that contract. Well, while we're talking about the, the three, 3DS, before we get onto the main hardware news, there's just a few little tidbits. They've sold 
2.31 million 3DS units or 3DS family. So presumably 2DS and 2DS XL units in 2018, which was a 60% decrease year on year from the previous year, uh, which was in, is an insane decrease. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've sold 5.83 million NES and SNES classics in 2018. Nice. So they're still selling well. And that was the last time, I believe, that they're, they're making those. I think Reggie said that once they're gone, they're, they're gone. Yeah, that, that was a restock, wasn't it? They yeah. reprinted a bunch of them. And then eight mil- they've got 8 million paid Switch Online subscribers, which is a massive surprise to me. Is that including family accounts? I don't know. Because by that terminology, what the Switch sold, have we got onto that yet? Or am I spoiling it? We we haven't mentioned that no, but the Switch worldwide has sold a total of three point thirty two point two seven million. So if the Switch has sold thirty two point say thirty two million, and they have eight million active yeah. Nintendo Switch Online subscribers, that's quite a bit of difference. Yeah, I'm I'm not secretly you're not trying to do the math the right. So what is it? We've sold. I say we. It's Nintendo. a quarter. I'm not it's, it's literally a quarter. So a qu- only a quarter of Nintendo Switch owners have subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah. That seems very low. And in fact, it might not even be a quarter of Switch subscribers. Like me, I was an idiot and didn't buy the family account. So we bought two Switch Online accounts. <laughs> so that's that counts as two paying subscribers. I can't believe I'm the only one that's done that. Maybe I am, because I'm a complete moron. Maybe you are that 8 million. Yeah. I've just bought, I've got 8 million accounts out of normal single Switch. <laughs> I'm wondering if, because um, they're saying 8 million Nintendo Switch subscribers, I'm wondering if that means a family account is one subscriber, because it's one subscription? I would presume so. They say, they sort of paid subscribers, yeah. Okay, so as soon as the other guys aren't paying, they're just freeloading off the main family account? Yeah. It's probably a lot higher than quarter of the switch owners have online well you say that but like i don't know how many people bought a family account and then shared it across multiple devices true it presumably most of those family accounts are for the family switch that all of the kids accounts are on and they're all playing on the same switch for example we have two switches in my household and i bought a family account to do well, i have multiple okay. accounts on my switch and my partner has a switch and her account so she's on my family plan so that's technically two switches, one yeah. subscription. So it really depends. But yeah, 32.27 million switches is uh, not a small figure. They've done incredibly well this past year. Just in the holiday quarter, they sold 9.42 million, which was up 30% year on year from 7.32 million. So it was a big holiday quarter. But they still missed their target. They did. They didn't miss it because technically they haven't got to it yet. They've still they're, got they're a couple more They're definitely going to miss their target. Depends how many Reggie buys to bump up the numbers. So they they sold, they wanted to sell another 20 million in the fiscal year ending in March 2019, right? Mm-hmm. They've since revised that to be 17 million and they need to sell another 2.52 million by March in order to do that. So they've just they've sold just shy of 15 million switches in 2018. I wouldn't be surprised if they've reduced that number a bit more than needed as well, you know. Just say, so, oh look, yeah. we, we, we overachieved our new estimate rather than, oh, we, we missed it again. Sorry, guys. Part of me thinks that. Part of me thinks that the news of Metroid was announced ahead of the investor call as a reaction to this. If they thought Metroid was coming out and was going to be a seller within January, February or March to sell more Nintendo Switches, 
they no longer have that game because we know it's been scrapped and it's been restarted as we discussed on the last episode if that doesn't exist anymore and they've got no big game that's their big first party game for the f- for this quarter we think animal crossing based on the leak that we had was maybe coming out in april that, w- okay. that will be out of this fiscal year they might not think they could have hit the 20 million with metroid they may have hit the 20 million that's a really good point because surely nintendo didn't expect super smash Bros. to sell just as well as it did surely knew it'd do well but to nearly top all of the previous titles the lifetime sales in 25 days falling just short of brawl that's got to be more than they expected so there must be something missing or something that's changed that's impacted that estimate Mm -hmm. so maybe it was metroid maybe they've shifted because we don't have any games for February from them, do we? Uh, no. The only game we've got is coming out in March that's been announced so far, which is Yoshi. So maybe that was a February game that's been delayed or... And that's that's literally coming out in on the 29th of March, so it's not going to sell and hit the figures that they're going to announce at the end of March. I wonder if they'll release a bundle with it. I know they haven't announced it With Yoshi? Yeah. I would, I would presume so. It's Because it... we already have green Joy-Cons. Yeah. It's a pretty easy slapper cover on the box with Yoshi on it. Chuck some green Joy-Cons in there. Put put an egg on the back. Yeah. But that that was my first reaction was, yeah, they didn't hit it, but they may have had a weak start to the year, but they were always saying, we still think we're going to hit. We still think we're going to hit that 20 million target. We've got big games coming. We've got Pokemon. We've got Super Smash Brothers, And there's more things we haven't announced that are coming. Well, Metroid Prime 4 isn't coming anymore. I, I, well, it's still I, coming, just not, not now. Not as soon as no, we want it. Yeah, nowhere near, nowhere near now. <clears throat> Thanks, Bandai. Yeah, I mean, Bandai brought us Smash Brothers, so they can, they can't be too angry at them. Mm, true. Different studios, though. <laughs> what do, what do you make of it? Like, and I know, I think you said you didn't think they were going to hit that sales figure anyway. No, I, I never expected them to sell as well as they have already. They've overachieved already in my mind based on the last three quarters. Um, they've done it amazingly well. But their their goal of shifting like 20 million more units was way, way too ambitious. Unless they thought Pokemon would sell more than it did, which, fair enough, Pokemon generally does shift consoles. It's a great hardware bundle. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon hasn't even hit the same number of lifetime sales as Breath of the Wild yet. And I know it's a very early game, but when you compare that to Super Smash Brothers, it is 2 million less than that, and it was on sale for a, a month longer. And on top of that, it's two games. So yeah, it could be a case of they thought Pokemon would sell more, and that's well have fallen short. The, the other situation is, like you said, there's a game missing. It's got delayed, it's got shifted, and that's had an impact on the sales. I don't know how they're going to do. I think this upcoming year, not financial year, but 2019 in general, is going to be a great year for them. And they're going to shift a lot of units. And they're probably there's a lot of games lined up already. And we already know there's some unannounced games that are planned to. Yeah, and on top of that, you've got all the the indie, set, the indie games potential mm-hmm. are, are driving force for selling consoles as well. So maybe they'll catch up on that estimate, you know, within the first quarter of 2019 financial year. But... Unless they're releasing something else in February or March, which is very unlikely now. They're definitely not going to release anything else in March along with Yoshi, but I can't see us getting anything in February either at this point, unless it's a surprise release, which I don't think Nintendo's done a surprise release on one of their own games. They could do it with a title like Snipperclips, Snipperclips 2, digital Mm -hmm. release only, that would work. To be honest, they could do it with Metroid Trilogy, if it's digital only. I think they'd want to do that physical. I think so too. Collector's edition for that would sell yeah. like hotcakes. 
Yeah, checking the squishy amoeba. Yeah. Are you still looking for that? No, I'm not. I, I've never played Metroid Prime, so I have no real desire for the squishy amoeba. I just want to see what the squishy amoeba feels like. So you do have a desire. <laughs> I do. I do have a desire. Maybe they'll announce Pikmin 4 for February. Oh, tell you what, Nintendo. I'll buy the extra <laughs> 3 million units if you release Pikmin 4. How's that? Then you'll hit your targets. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to wait and see how they report in March. I'm interested to see what their figures are going to be, their estimates for the following fiscal year, because they will announce those at the close of this fiscal year, like they did last year, uh, as to whether they'll be as ambitious this time. Because people were very wary last time that they weren't going to hit that 20 million goal. Um, pretty much immediately out of the gate, they were like, no, they're never going to hit that. They didn't come close to that this year. They only sold 15 million or 5 more million next year and you don't have a Breath of the Wild and you don't have a a Super Mario Odyssey. How the hell are you going to hit that? Uh, Pokemon, Smash, nearly got them there. They did nearly get there. Very, very nearly get there. That about wraps it up for this week, I guess, yeah? Yeah, um, that's that's it. We're done. (laughs) P's not here, so you don't get a 15-minute comic book analysis no unfortunately not so uh pete hopefully you're back next week because i don't want to host this again what do you mean you're just as lively am i yeah i should have had more coffee (laughs) i was close to going for the second cup but i didn't it's a two coffee rule i went for the raspberry coke instead but it's not been in the fridge so warm coke is not very good it's gross actually so yeah anyway uh if if you like the show without pete make sure you at loud underscore pete and tell him how much you really liked the show without him being here how fantastic and relaxing it is without (laughs) this brash american shouting things (laughs) don't forget to write in podcast at lootpots.com check out lootpots.com and follow us on twitter at lootpots and we'll see you on the next episode bye